0: This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. The Key.
1: I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 5th. One man was killed and another was arrested after a three-vehicle crash on the Highway 5 Niagara Bridge Friday evening. According to Missouri State Highway Patrol, 32-year-old Miles Aldrich crashed into a motorcycle in front of him on the northbound side of the highway. The motorcycle driver, 54-year-old Drew Fairchild, was pronounced dead at the scene. The Highway Patrol says he was not wearing a helmet. Two other people were injured in that crash. Aldrich was arrested on suspicion of driving while intoxicated. A Lynn Creek woman's facing two felony charges and connection with a burned child. The Camden County Sheriff's Office says a man called to report a concern about the child he had with 27-year-old Amanda Turbrock. Deputies say the child's hand had been seriously burned but had not been treated. After deputies intervened, the child was treated at Lake Regional Hospital. Authorities say they found evidence in the home that led to Turbrock's arrest. Well, the Lake Ozar Christmas Parade marches down the Bagdell Dam Strip this weekend. The parade starts at 1 in the afternoon with lineup at 1130. Santa will greet kids at the Luby Stage after the parade with gifts and sweets. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com.
0: Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree 65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received.
2: Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Whole lot of football this weekend. Not good for the Chiefs yesterday. 9 and 3 after seeing the five game win streak come to an end in Cincy. They lose it 27 24. The Bengals. Third win in two years over the Chiefs. They're the only team in the NFL with that kind of a record against Kansas City, including, of course, that win in the AFC Championship last year. It drops the Chiefs out of the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. As for now, moves Buffalo up. The Chiefs will travel to play in Denver next Sunday. So tonight's game, it's the Saints in Tampa. Yesterday, elsewhere, the Eagles beat the Titans, so Philly is now 11-1. The Vikings beat the Jets They're 10-2. Niners beat Miami, but they lose quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year with a broken foot. Uh, You would think that's going to be a big setback for San Fran. Ravens score in the final seconds to beat Denver, of course, the Chiefs play in Denver next week. Washington and the Giants played to a tie. As for college football, number one, Georgia beat LSU for the SEC championship. Number two, Michigan beat Purdue for the Big Ten title. Number three, TCU lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game, but TCU still going to the national semifinals. Number four, last week, USC lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship, so that will move Ohio State up into number four. The final All four teams, the teams playing for the national championship will be Georgia, Michigan, TCU and Ohio State. As for uh, the Mizzou Tigers, they will be playing in the Gasparilla Bowl on December 23rd. They will take on Wake Forest. College Hoops, Mizzou 9-0 after beating Southeast Missouri yesterday. MSU Bears 4-4 after losing at home over the weekend to Bradley. St. Louis Blues busy on the road tonight against the Rangers. Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows, including the High School Basketball Coaches Show. Twelve coaches from area teams will uh, tell us what's going on with their teams, preview the season ahead. Throughout the whole month of December, you can see the High School Basketball Coaches Show on lake tv at 10 2 and 6 every day and again that's with 12 different coaches from the area you can see lake tv on como channel 90 absolutely free on roku and amazon fire and streaming live all the time on your computer at mylakeTV.com. i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this monday
0: Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employee.
3: Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio, or our sunroom, or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community www.keygatheringplace.com
4: Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call 1-866-71-ABUSE.
0: If you'd like to become a content provider, simply contact the Lakes Community Radio Station at 89.3, The Key. Hey, good morning. It is 8.08. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. And we are happy to have you with us on this Monday, the 5th day of December 2022. And as we uh, begin our journey into radio broadcasting this morning, let's take uh, some time to kind of check out what's going on with that uh, wonderful weather picture we love so much here at the lake of the Ozarks 45 degrees now in Osage Beach Camden coming in at 43 and uh, I'll tell you what folks uh, we've got uh, you know that good old December weather that we can rely on as we get into the holiday season 53 the high today slight chance of a rain shower maybe uh, I say a very slight chance at about uh, 20 percent 43 the overnight low and again a slight chance of some rain tonight at about 25%. Uh, morning showers and 49 tomorrow, about a 50% chance for that. Clouds and 52 on Wednesday. Uh, looks like maybe some rain. A good chance for that, about a 90% chance on Thursday with a high of 57. Cloudy and 47 on Friday. We're getting into weekend with some morning clouds, a little sun by the afternoon and a high of around 50. And then cloudy and 50 on Sunday. So there you go. Dress accordingly because lows will be anywhere from, well, I guess uh, upper 40s on Wednesday all the way into the uh, uh, mid to upper 30s throughout the rest of the week. We'll see, as I said, 43 degrees uh, for uh, tonight. 8.10 is our time. I wanted to start the program. We talked to uh, Gary Brayman on uh, Friday, and uh, Gary are actually on Thursday, and uh, Mitney Sales lined up that interview. Gary is instrumental in putting together this uh, disc golf course over here at the Tri-County YMCA in Osage Beach. He was also uh, one of the driving forces behind putting together uh, the disc golf course that they have at the Campton City Park. And he mentioned the 4 for four thirty race, or 4 four thirty race, uh, which took place over the weekend. Now, what they do is they run the cart path, or they ran the cart path out of Lake Valley Country Club. And the overall winner was, uh, Dina Carr, who did 28 loops, which totaled 116 miles and, uh, was the first female winner of the, uh, 4 4 And, uh, Camden High School senior Ellie Webb completed 16 loops for almost 66 miles. Uh, a group of about, uh, I guess it was a combined group of kids and coaches totaled uh, a touch over 300 miles over the weekend. And that's, uh. That's out there running <laughs> and as I look across the counter here at Sheriff Tony Helms, I say uh, that's probably something that was good for them but i I, I don't think you know we could have done three hundred miles in a car or a truck
5: three hundred feet three hundred feet <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, congratulations to all of the folks that got out and took part in that uh, event because I got to tell you it was uh it was definitely something. Uh, that uh, meant a lot these uh, fundraisers that they have to uh, go out and raise money for uh, different groups and uh, it has been uh, pretty pretty amazing to uh, hear about what these folks are doing and uh, definitely uh, You know congratulations to everybody uh, that uh, was involved and helped out uh, with the fundraising. want to send a shout-out to Angie Sweeten as well. Uh, Bargain Box Thrift Shop, which I believe is around the for-sales area. This is something that uh, she has opened up. And I've known Angie for a while, and she would certainly appreciate your patronage if you'd like to get out there, do a little shopping for the holidays. They've got all kinds of uh, knickknacks and antiques, home decor, collectibles, and a little bit of everything, again, at the Bargain Box Thrift Shop. And also, as is the case from time to time, we get these these lost dog reports, and uh, there is a male Yellow Lab mix. His name is Zeke. He was a uh, passenger involved in a serious collision on the Niagara Bridge around Greenview uh, on Friday. And the dog is missing, and uh, Kaylee and Ryan are looking for the dog. Uh, Zeke, again, a male Yellow Lab mix. Uh, Ryan's number is 573 9977 And then... Uh, Kaylee's number is 636-544-5987. If you've seen Zeke, and that is normally how things uh, work, we get those those lost dog reports. And you know what? It's somebody's dog. Just like if I lost lightning, certainly I'd be concerned if somebody found him or had him. Uh, But if you've seen this dog running around there, are people looking for him, and he answers to the name of Zeke, a Yellow Lab mix. 8.13 is our time, and uh, I know that this man is a very busy man, so we appreciate him taking some time to come in and join us this morning, the Sheriff of Camden County, Mr. Tony Helms. How have you been?
5: I have been uh, good. Yeah? I started to say real well, but just good. Yeah? (laughs) I'm just sitting here in in awe at these people that ran that far. That's impressive.
0: That's very impressive.
5: Yeah, that's I'm Yeah. Good job, folks.
0: I could be a fast walker, but I'm not yeah. a runner.
5: Well, before I lost my leg, I could.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we definitely uh, see people out running around the area and jogging, and so we know that uh, there are people out there that uh, are in good shape. So yeah. maybe go out and run a few extra miles for myself and, and for Sheriff Helms as well. So uh, how are things going at the Sheriff's Department?
5: Well, I think they're they're going pretty good. The biggest problem we have is hiring people, right? Nobody wants to be a law enforcement officer today. I mean, uh, we've been out doing a lot of, uh, uh, employee fairs, you know, where we go out to other academies and stuff and pitch our stuff to see if we can hire somebody. And I can tell you one of the things that's helped is getting the wages up. Uh, we have lost a couple of people, but those guys had planned many, many months ago to, future careers other places mm-hmm. and uh, I understood that <clears throat> but we have uh, been able to get a couple from outlying areas to come into Camden County uh, I just really wished I could hire about five or six really good people yeah but it's just getting harder
0: people to uh, be out on the uh, out on the road or do you yes need, uh, no internally? no
5: I need I need road officers yeah. Uh, we, it's kind of a funny thing since we passed the tax, we thought, man, we'll just be able to go out there and hire them. Don't problem. And, uh, every time we seem to hire one, we lose one to different reasons. Uh, but it would just be nice if I could get back up to staff and then add on about six people. It's just been really difficult.
0: Has it been, uh, and I know this has always been, uh, somewhat of an ongoing problem for your department and other departments locally, because there are other agencies out there that, uh. guess, pay a lot better. And one of the biggest problems, and I think we've discussed this before, is the fact that you spend money on the training, and the hope is to be able to retain the men and women that come in and get that training so that they'll stay in the area. But uh, I guess there are uh, more or better-paying jobs elsewhere, and these folks feel like, uh, you know, if I'm going to go out there and put my life on the line, (laughs) maybe I need a few more bucks than what I'm getting where I'm at.
5: Well, one of the things we've done to help counter that, Kevin, is we, we now pay – we start at $20 an hour. Right. Uh, is, is that great? No, no. But it's pretty good for law enforcement in the area. We're, and we're going to go up a little bit after the first of the year. But one of the other things, I don't know if it's helping, uh, we're now requiring a two-year contract. Uh, if, if you don't fulfill this, you'd proportion it out. You're going to have to pay the county back because we do spend so much money. And it was like... Uh... We, we couldn't keep up. To, to bring a new officer on, you put them in a 12-week FTO program, uh, field training officer program, and and to get them up to the Camden County way, they may be a good officer, but mm-hmm. if they don't know how to use our report system, uh, how to use our equipment, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it's not just simply, hey, let's hire this guy and put him to work tomorrow. Right. It, it doesn't work that way. So. Uh, we we abbreviate it. If you're a veteran officer, we don't put you through 12 weeks of boot camp. But, uh, you know, I mean, we've got a couple right now that are are veterans that we uh, brought in from other agencies. Uh, They're on an an accelerated program once they get the report system down and how to, you know, utilize Camden County's uh, uh, stuff, uh, lack of a better word, you know. uh, We'll put them back on the road out there. But... We just want to ensure that we're giving the citizens what they paid for, which is a good officer. So mm-hmm. we, we go through this, and like you said, it's it's a cost. Uh, you think you're you're ahead, then the next thing you know, somebody's leaving you. But uh, you, you can't help things like uh, sometimes failed marriages, and they separate. And then now nobody, you know, they, they want to move on. They mm-hmm. want to go back wherever they came from. So sure. We've had a couple of those. So uh, you know, we're, we're working ahead. I, I think we're in the plus side right now, which is, uh, I, I guess, is frustration. Once we pass that tax, I was looking for instant. You know, you know we'll, they'll just flog in here, right? No. Mm-hmm. We first went to 19.25 an hour. I went ahead and took them up to $20 an hour. And uh, like I said, after the first year, they're going to get another bump. But uh, that's all the employees, not just the deputies. But uh, it, it's really hard to keep them. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a factor there that uh, some of the things we've done, it's not been very agreeable. Uh, I was the last holdout. Uh, one of the things we did, I checked with several sheriffs that, that border our, our county. And I've noticed a couple of other counties' patrol cars in my county a lot. They live here. Mm-hmm. So I, I called up a couple of them. One of them was Johnny uh, Bench. Uh, Jimmy Bench, I'm sorry, down in Pulaski County. He's a good friend of mine. We went to school together and he said, Tony, he said, I, I let him drive a county away. He said, I, I can't keep people. And he said, if that's a deciding factor, we've made a policy that they can. So I, I kind of, I never did that. And I lost two people because they did not live in Camden County and mm-hmm. I gave them a certain length of time to move. Well, now we do it. We allow up to 20 air miles away. Okay, so if you live 20 miles outside of the county, we'll we'll let you still work for us. But uh, I, I don't like that, but it's like part of the trend. Uh, Lake League County does it. I believe Dallas County's doing it. And I'm not doing it just because they did it, but I was losing people to other places for that reason. So I, I decided to make that move.
0: Is that something that concerns you in terms of wear and tear on the vehicles, uh, additional wear and tear that, you know, you'd, you'd probably like to keep them all under one roof, and when the, sure. uh, the folks come in for the day, their car is there, and they can go out, and they don't have to take it home, but... Uh, is that something that you try to, I guess, counter if you will, as far as budgetary concerns?
5: Well, sure. I mean, every one of these individuals have to be approved. It's not just automatic, come to work for me, I can live 20 miles out. Right. Uh, And it it's kind of selfish but some of them are strategically outside the county the main reason we have take-home cars is for response Mm -hmm. anybody's lived at the lake longer than five days knows that you can't get from point a to point b in a hurry Uh, i will tell you the road structure infrastructure has helped tremendously Uh, i think the state's done a good job on that but uh, and they're still working but to get from A to B, it takes forever. I mean, we had some guys that lived like in Benton County that was up north. I mean, they were so close to Climax Springs in that area that it was, uh, wasn't was a problem. So, so, I mean, it was good. It was good for the citizens to have somebody be able to respond. And that's why we do that. Uh, extra wear and tear, yeah, uh, I guess there is some on there. But you have to do what what I was taught from years ago. You have to weigh is this better for the citizens? Is it better for the community? Is it better for the department? Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I said, I put a 20 mile limit. So many of the other sheriffs are going a county away. I, I can't do that. But, uh, yeah, it's not bad because I have a lot of them that live just off of, uh, D road in, uh, Miller County. Mm-hmm. Some that live down, uh, uh, on the other side of the dam. Uh, those guys are awesome because I can get them here. Because you know how long it takes to go from Camdenton to Horseshoe Bend?
0: Yes. It's, it's a haul. Yes. So we try to strategically not allow it to Back to, to what happen. you said, anyone who's lived here for more than five days <laughs> yeah. has probably figured that out in in uh, in a hurry. Yeah. 573-633-5395 if you have a phone call, something on your mind for Sheriff Tony Helms. And we've uh, got a caller on the line. Caller, good morning. You're on uh, The Daily Show. Go right ahead.
6: Hey, good morning, Tony. How many uh how many road deputies do you all got now? Is it around
5: 25, 26? Uh it's probably closer to 32 if you include the supervisors, yeah. But you sure. you, you got two uh, well, different. My- you got a horseshoe band out there that's kind of an island of its own, it's so difficult to get people to. There's seven people out there.
6: Right. No, I understand that and uh so you know, at, at 32 my understanding is y'all got 105 cars now before you say anything my other understanding from talking to uh, the official in charge of the titles is that all those titles are still there all those titles are still being held and uh, there's probably 25 or 30 of them that have private plates on them uh, that are not counting plates and my question would be a I know you don't have 25 or 30 people running undercover so what would be the purpose of having private plates on county-owned vehicles and what's the justification for having a hundred five cars when you've only got thirty-two people that actually uh, work the road and respond to calls.
5: That's a good question. I'm glad you brought it up because we don't have hundred and five and I can prove that if you'd like to come up to the office. What happened there was the person that holds those titles anytime we seized a vehicle or anything they were sending the title up to the insurance company. We had uh, a school bus that's on our range that's used for training that never leaves. It doesn't even run. That was fully insured. We had a Pontiac and an Oldsmobile we don't have a Pontiac and Oldsmobile. They were seized cars that were sitting in a lot that doesn't move. And then we have a whole bunch of derelict cars that were still on that on that list. So I think we got it down to about, you know, 60 or so. But, uh, yeah, and, and the coal plates?
6: Well, you named, I mean, you, you named three there. Now, what what's the point of seizing a car? I mean, you guys don't sell those? You just hold on to them and let them rot? you got a junkyard somewhere?
5: Have to have a title.
6: Well, yeah, he's got the title. He told me that every single car that he has, he has a title for.
5: Yeah, I'm sure he does now. Here's the deal with that. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. It kind of really aggravates me because the, that was found out at a meeting that you were sitting at that was presented to me for the first time that I knew about it. So when I get the list, I look at it, I said, no, these cars are on. What, what's going on here? So uh, I feel kind of really kind of bad that somebody that had the list except for me that somebody that could fix that problem, uh, I didn't know about it. So, you know, I, we, we don't have 105 cars. Like I said, if you want to go through them, go, feel free. I'll tell you yes or no. But uh, sorry, I, I can't I can't do that.
6: Well, like I said, I mean, they've got the titles. So, I mean, if you guys, if you've got 105 titles, you're not getting rid of cars without getting rid of the titles. So somewhere there are 105 cars sitting around unless you sold them without a title. So that is a problem, Tony, whether they're insured, whether they're whatever, whatever's going on, there is a there is 105 cars.
5: not that belong there's to the sheriff's department. There's
6: 112 total. Every one of them is under the sheriff's office. And like I said, what's going on with the private place? When was the last time you uh, checked that? When
5: was the last time that you right checked? After,
6: right after you told Gohagan that you got rid of 40 of them, I called down there and said, "Hey, have they come in here and gotten any titles?" And they said, "No, they have not. We still have a title for every one of them."
5: That's and probably said, okay. true. We have the title to those cars that were sitting out there that were derelict, but we haven't sold them yet. And I could tell you why okay. on that, but uh, that's a whole nother story. Like the school bus. Well,
6: sure. Like, a, and, and well, that, they that, had vehicles that I'll give you that
5: they had vehicles that, that. that were that vehicles, were I'll insured that we don't even have.
6: I'll give it to you. You name two or three cars. I'm proud of you. But there's still, uh, like I said, where is, what are the private plates? Why is there 32 deputies? Let's just pretend that it's 60, okay? There's 32 people that work the road. Where's the rest of the cars?
5: Well, Let's pretend
6: that it's 70. There's 40 cars that are not accounted for. And like I said, supposedly 25 or 30 of them have private plates. Why that's that's
5: not true, but I don't know what your point is. That's what I'm trying to find out. What's your point?
6: Well, I'm trying to say who's driving the ones with the private plates. The only reason I can see why there would be private plates is just if, let's say somebody's running their car around to the grocery store or running it to take their kids to school and they don't want to have sheriff plates on there while they do it. Uh, my other point is with that many cars, that is a ton of insurance. That's a ton of mileage. That's a ton of wear and tear, maintenance, the whole nine yards. Uh, These are things that could be going towards, I don't know, raises. Uh, You know, and I mean, if somebody's not, look, if there's a shift that's not as busy, a day shift, what's wrong with a hot seat patrol? You know, what's wrong with a car that. Somebody comes yeah. in and says, "Okay, here, here's the You know, those those
5: are all good ideas, and you know what you got to do to do that. The only thing you have to do is come up with twenty to forty thousand dollars, run for sheriff, get elected, then you can make those decisions. Right now, I make them, and I can tell you what you're saying is not all true. I mean, is there some problems there? Are. There may be. Why the cold plates? I drive one with cold plates on it. It's regular plates. Now, I'm sorry if you don't like that. All of my detectives have just cold plates on them. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but that's the way it's going to be as long as I'm sheriff. Uh, I might have three or four other people that have those. Those have to be registered through the state, just like your car. doesn't matter because we're cops. They're registered. They are on file.
6: Sure, but what's the point of the private plates?
5: Well, there's there's no big reason other than you can get around. And I can go check on things without everybody going, hey, there's a cop. You know, I could do the same thing by saying, well, let's put stripes and light bars on tops of every one of them. That's not practical. You want to talk about cost savings? Other than
6: your undercovers?
5: They're not undercovers.
6: Oh, Tony, you don't don't like cost savings. Don't lie. Come on. Cost savings ain't in your vocabulary. Uh, but hey it's been a good conversation I got to get back to work I was just real curious about that but I do want I am very interested to know as far as 105 cars now I know you too. Say it's your your Not deals either. and everything else but I do also know that right there in the commission statutes it talks about the commission being responsible for county property and being responsible for assigning cars there is actually a statute that says that co- that the commission can, assign a car to any county employee
0: uh well, i'll I tell you what caller sheriff and- caller let me uh let me put this out there we've got uh, uh county commissioner james gohagan coming in in the uh, nine o'clock hour and i will run this question by him and uh, and see what he says is that uh, fair
6: all right hey that's that sounds great you all have a good day
0: Thank you for the phone call. appreciate your time. It is 8.30. We are going to step aside for our bottom of the hour break as we do with uh, some local information from Stacey Johnson with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider has a check of sports. Of course, Uncle Chris over there with Lake TV. We appreciate your patronage. And as always, thanks for tuning in to The Daily Show on Key Radio.
1: i Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 5th. One man was killed and another was arrested after a three-vehicle crash on the Highway 5 Niagara Bridge Friday evening. According to Missouri State Highway Patrol, 32-year-old Miles Aldrich crashed into a motorcycle in front of him on the northbound side of the highway. The motorcycle driver, 54-year-old Drew Fairchild, was pronounced dead at the scene. The highway patrol says he was not wearing a helmet. Two other people were injured in that crash. Aldrich was arrested on suspicion of driving while intoxicated. A Lynn Creek woman's facing two felony charges in connection with a burned child. The Camden County Sheriff's Office says a man called to report a concern about the child he had with 27-year-old Amanda Turbrock. Deputies say the child's hand had been seriously burned but had not been treated. After deputies intervened, the child was treated at Lake Regional Hospital. Authorities say they found evidence in the home that led to Turbrock's arrest. Well, the Lake Ozark Christmas Parade marches down the Bagdell Dam Strip this weekend. The parade starts at 1 in the afternoon with lineup at 1130. Santa will greet kids at the Luby Stage after the parade with gifts and sweets. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com.
0: Join 89.3 The Key for the true history professor program featuring
7: professor Jim Paisley the national media now is kinda taking advantage of people they hit you with a you know a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it there's no context to it problem and so what I'm gonna try and do uh, you know on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m.,
0: 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key.
2: Snyder with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. whole lot of football this weekend. Not good for the Chiefs yesterday. 9-3 after seeing the five-game win streak come to an end in Cincy. They lose it 27-24. The Bengals... Third win in two years over the Chiefs. They're the only team in the NFL with that kind of a record against Kansas City, including, of course, that win in the AFC Championship last year. It drops the Chiefs out of the number one seed in the AFC playoffs as for now, moves Buffalo up. The Chiefs will travel to play in Denver next Sunday. So tonight's game, it's the Saints in Tampa. Yesterday, elsewhere, the Eagles beat the Titans. So Philly is now 11 and one. The Vikings beat the Jets. They're 10 and two. Niners beat Miami, but they lose quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year with a broken foot. Uh, you would think that's going to be a big setback for San Fran. Ravens score in the final seconds to beat Denver. Of Of course, the Chiefs play in Denver next week. Washington and the Giants played to a tie. As for college football, number one, Georgia beat LSU for the SEC championship. Number two, Michigan beat Purdue for the Big Ten title. Number three, TCU lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game, but TCU still going to the national semifinals Number four last week, USC lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship, so that will move Ohio State up into number four. The final four teams, the teams playing for the national championship, will be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. As for uh, the Mizzou Tigers, they will be playing in the Gasparilla Bowl on December 23rd. They will take on Wake Forest. College Hoops. Mizzou 9-0 after beating Southeast Missouri yesterday. MSU Bears 4-4 after losing at home over the weekend to Bradley. St. Louis Blues busy on the road tonight against the Rangers. Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows, including the High School Basketball Coaches Show. Twelve coaches from area teams will uh, tell us what's going on with their teams, preview the season ahead. Throughout the whole month of December, you can see the High School Basketball Coaches Show on lake tv at 10 2 and 6 every day and again that's with 12 different coaches from the area you can see lake tv on como channel 90 absolutely free on roku and amazon fire and streaming live all the time on your computer at mylakeTV.com. tv.com i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this monday
8: This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day, each and every day. Just two minutes. Here's today's story. Now, here's a story I can relate to from... It's about a pit bull. Now, I'm no fan of pit bulls, but this isn't a story about my issues with them. This is about a specific pit bull named Simba, who was owned by Arjanit. Now, Simba lives with his owner in an apartment complex, and even though he's been nothing but a sweet dog, a lot of the renters in the complex avoid Simba simply because he's a pit bull. One neighbor who lives directly below Simba is an elderly woman who didn't want to be around him at all. He always tried to greet her, but she called him mean and looked at him with fear. Arjunet told Dodo. She never liked him because he was a bad breed. Simba, however, never seemed to dislike her, even after she would avoid him. Recently, Arjunet and Simba were returning home from a walk when they passed by the neighbor's unit on their way up the stairs. It was at that moment Simba started acting strangely. He stopped. He began to bark and run to the door where the neighbor lives. I pulled the leash, but he refused to come. Arjunet moved to pick him up. That was when he noticed a faint sound coming from inside. I heard a weak voice shout for help, Arjunet recalled. She said, please don't go. The door was unlocked, so Arjunet opened it, finding his neighbor collapsed on the floor. She had broken her hip and had been in her home for a while, Arjunet said. For two days, she'd gone unnoticed. She was unable to move, and her life was in danger. Simba had sensed her just in time. Arjunet called for an ambulance, and then she said, Thank you for hearing me. I thought she was talking to me at first, Arjunet recalled, but then she said, No, not you, the nice doggy." Turns out that that bad dog actually had a bigger heart than most. Now Simba is recognized as a hero. Others in the building have begun showering him with treats and gifts, and Simba certainly deserves them all. Arjunet, however, hopes his dog's actions that day will lead to a shift in attitudes about more than his pup alone. I know Simba is a wonderful dog, Arjunet said, but I hope this event will make people see bully breeds differently. We, as human beings, must deserve their loyalty and love. Simba proves they have plenty of it to go around. Well done, Simba. Thank you for a happy headline. And thank you for listening. This is Happy Headline. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day.
0: We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. And we welcome you back here at 838 on The Daily Show, coming up in hour number two. County Commissioner James Gohagan will join us. We'll uh, talk about a variety of different things. I think the uh, county... Renovation project is uh, going to be top of mind in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, I do want to let folks know I uh, was going to extend the olive branch to uh, the folks at uh, Veragy to see if they would like to come in and plead their case as well, just so we can get both sides of the story and uh, you as listeners can make your own determinations. So uh, we've got the the Sheriff of Camden County, Tony Helms, with us. And you and I were talking about uh, Shop with a Cop. And how successful that program has been over the last oh, uh, how many over years that they've is, been doing it.
5: That's grown so so much, Kevin. I, mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, uh, all you got to do is come out on the day we do that and just walk around and watch the smiles of the kids. Some of these kids wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for that. But what what I'm most proud of mm-hmm. is my people. I I kind of did shop with the cop back when I was a deputy about 20 years ago and we were lucky to do 10 children, you know, and that's, that's kind of tough. And a lot of that came out of our pockets. So after I became sheriff, I said, well, I'd like to keep this going. And that was it. I never said anything else. Some of my people decided to form a a Camden County employees association. So they've done that. And, uh, they took in probably $25,000 in donations and fundraisers, uh, And it makes me feel good that they still think that something I did that long ago is still important. They took it upon themselves. I didn't say, hey, guys, got there and get this thing going. Let's have shop with a cop. They did this on their own. And when we get up there at Walmart, some of them got there at 730 and kids were waiting. And there's just a line. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, every kind of law enforcement officer that's, that's in the county that comes to these. It's just to see another officer. Grab a group of kids, but they don't know, and they make more friends. You know, my my goal as a sheriff, uh, believe it or not, is community-oriented policing, and that's to let the children. You know, I, I have implemented the the school resource officers. I want those kids to understand that if they have a problem, they can go to that law enforcement officer. They can talk to him. He's not the evil mean guy that's gonna throw him in jail. Unless you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the shop with a cop was extremely successful. It, it's it's good to see the people of the community working with law enforcement side by side. I would love to sit here and start naming off people that donated to that. and I, I'd, I'd leave somebody out or something. So I'm just going to tell you a huge thank you from my people to you that helped. We had a lot of citizens come out this year to, to help us with shop with a cop. It's quite the ordeal. <laughs> when you have about 200 kids show up at once and now you've got to register and make sure that the right kids with the right deputy, it's quite the ordeal. And, and they handled all that. Nobody gets paid. It's all on their own.
0: Right. 573-633-5395. Three, 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 so uh, we were talking... In the first segment of the program about these uh, cars uh, that are, uh, I I, I guess, uh, what uh, the caller said, 105 cars and the titles and and various other things and the cost that this involves. Are there any other topics that you would like to address this morning that uh, may be of concern to uh, any of the folks out there listening this morning? Any other things that uh, you've heard uh, through the grapevine or maybe that have been brought up or... Uh, topics that you just uh you want to touch on and I know the listeners out there uh certainly uh have questions of their own so I encourage anyone out there listening to give us a call this morning. Sure. And and I will say that's one of the nice things. You've always been uh, you know up front and open and oh yeah. And uh you'll take the calls as they come in. So
5: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I, I think uh you know, there's always things you can trim, there's always things you can do but uh you know, used to running a 27-man a sheriff's department was a lot different when I first started down there. Uh, today, I get to do just about 1% law enforcement. The rest of mine is all administrative, and, and I ain't going to lie, I kind of miss that, but... I'm also getting older where it's not as hard. I mean, it's hard for me to do that, uh, to keep up with those young guys. But,
0: you feel like more of an administrator than no, you do, I uh, a law enforcement officer. Like I to, am. I am. <laughs> Laugh I, I mean, I,
5: I probably got the largest budget in the County. And, and if you look at it, there's something like, I don't know, a hundred and some odd different line items on there. And, uh, I'll tell you this. Anybody that wants to take and pull that budget out, I'm sure you can find fault with it somewhere. But you got to understand, I'm not doing things a lot different than any sheriff hasn't done in the past. And I'm just, I hate this word, but I'm more transparent. You want to know something about me? All you got to do is ask. Uh, If you don't like the answer, I'm sorry. But I I will tell you. I I won't lie to you. If I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. But uh, just just to see things. I mean, everybody has a new way to build that widget and, uh, folks, I'm just really doing, and I mean this sincerely, I'm doing the absolute best I can. And, uh, I, I have decided, uh, that this is my last run. I've been at the sheriff's department for 33 years. It's a long time, but I'm sure somebody will figure out that it's like 32.7 years and tell me I was wrong. So anyway, I've been there for a long time and, uh, Made a lot of friends, and, and uh, there's a lot of things that uh, my longevity has helped. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I have a lot of uh, former sheriffs and, and resources I can turn to, which I do, and it's kind of nice to have that in your uh, battle plan. So I, I would like to uh, you know extend out to these folks. If they have a question, yeah, call us up. Ask me. I, get me on the radio. Try to put me in a corner. I'll tell you the truth.
0: Are there things you look back on that you wish you could have done differently? I, Certain I think situations so. that come to mind.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's always something. I mean, uh, I looked out. Okay, here's one I'll give you <laughs> that I, I think is kind of wrong. I looked out at my fleet, and it got to be easier to put inside lights on a patrol car mm-hmm. than it is outside. Now that doesn't mean nothing to the people out here in the si- outside. They they like a cop car's cop car. You know, we don't do that for traffic. I mean, to, to do traffic enforcement, mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of came cheap. It was an easy way to light a car. I looked at it, my cars and there, a lot of them wasn't marked I'm like what's up with that. So I just recently had all those cars remarked, uh, we're moving light bars. I can't do that all at once because that's kind of an expensive thing to do, but, uh, you want a light bar. You want something bright when you're working an accident or you're on a stop somewhere. or You're stopping to help somebody. You want those lights to be visible as far as they can be mm-hmm. because you don't want an accident, another one to happen. Uh, you know we we've done a pretty good job of, of changing things. There's always something I wished I would have done different or done better. And, and uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I have tried to do what's right. I, I live with that model, which by the way. I believe Norman Schwarzkopf said, when you don't know what to do, do what's right.
0: As far as your budget, and we've touched on it here this morning, do you look at anything and look back on the budget and think maybe it was uh, not a good idea to spend money on uh, on a particular uh, Item, I don't know items for the deputies, or uh, uh, you know things that uh, maybe should have gone other places. I mean, uh, you can. I I know every department in the county has a wish list. Sure, there's certainly things that every uh, every different department would like to have, uh, but are there things that you look at and say, "Well, maybe that really wasn't necessary."
5: Oh, I think one of the things that people pointed out to me that they didn't like was the motorcycle, which, by the way, we sold it, and we sold it for about two or $3,000 more than we gave for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people didn't see the need for that. I did. Was there some other things? No, because a lot of people think that my budget was extraordinarily large, and, and it may have been, but I'm telling you, it takes that to run it. Uh no, because when, when when I first before we got this sales tax, that's one of the things that I was disappointed in was the sales tax. Uh, we got had like a seven point two million dollar budget, and when you start dividing that up between nine one one, the jail, mm-hmm. and operations division, it uh, it's kind of kind of tough. And so, it was pretty tight. The jail runs right there at, at the budget edge, uh, so does nine one one, which is dispatching. Uh, no, I, I don't think there's anything out there that, uh, gosh, I mean, I have re- small regrets on should I have bought Chevrolets instead of Ford should I have bought Dodges, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some of that, but Kevin, the the budget's really so tight that you, <laughs> there's not wiggle room in there. Think yeah. what I'm saying.
0: What, is, what are some of the things that maybe you've received blowback on as far as as what? Uh, county residents think was unnecessary, and and, and did you question uh, any of those decisions after uh, you you got a little feedback from people in the county?
5: Yeah, probably. I I haven't got a lot of feedback, but some people, like the first caller on there, uh, really concerned about people being outside the county. Mm -hmm. I've had people say, well, hot seat the cars. What's that going to do? Is it going to wear them out twice as fast? Okay, so we can do that if that's what you want. And then they said, well, can't you double up in cars? Yeah, I can put the whole shift in one car (laughs) because sometimes I only have two cars on this side of the lake out there. Uh, We have a lot of people, but, uh, you know, it's it's, everything's strategic place. Mm -hmm. It's like in the corrections division. We have three vehicles. We have a transport van, uh, and we have uh, the the captain and the lieutenant each have a car that's used to do local transports. Uh, Gosh, I – I don't know. I mean, there's always small regrets, but no big ones. I, I think uh, we've tried to do a fair job with that.
0: We talked about this early on, and that was the fact that uh, you know sometimes you run into situations, and we'll take the call here in just a second. You you run into situations with some of your deputies as far as personal issues and personal problems, and uh, you. Well, let's, let's take the phone call first, okay. and then with, if, if we have any time left, I don't want to keep the caller on the line. Caller, good morning. You're on The Daily Show. What's up?
9: Hey, good morning, KB. Um, this is Stacey Shore, and I have a question for Tony. Sure. Uh, um, my son had gotten a speeding ticket in Dallas County, and he had missed the day that he was supposed to appear in court. He forgot he had a court date. So he called Dallas County and said, I forgot I was supposed to be there. What do I do? I'll come right away and pay my ticket. And they told him, they said, no, no, just go in. to don't make that trip. Just go into your own local sheriff's department and just, and just pay it there. I mean, it was the day of. And so he goes in, tells the people in the front, hey, I'm here. I missed my court date. I need to pay my ticket. They handcuff my son. They fingerprint him. They detained him and put him in a jail cell and waited. He was there for over three hours. They frisked him. They sent him in a jail cell. and and, And he wasn't even, there was no arrest record. I mean, there was no warrant for his arrest. He went in to do the right thing to pay a ticket. And he was treated like a common criminal. And I guess I just want to know from Tony Helms, is that how you treat people who do the right thing? Because for them to handcuff him, to fingerprint him, to detain him in a jail cell while he's there to pay his ticket, which was just a simple speeding ticket, I guess I'm just wondering, is that normal?
5: Yes. Yes, it is, because it wasn't a simple speeding ticket. We did not arrest him on that. He could have paid his fine. The problem was he didn't show up to court. He didn't make me mad. I, I don't really care. He made a judge mad. A judge, which you're wrong. He didn't make a judge mad. That's that's not true, Tony. There was a warrant issued for his arrest on a bench warrant for there failed was, to appear.
3: He, that's all he in the records. The that, he called the
9: other county. He called the other county. He called the county. They told him to go in. Do you want me there, to answer it was the this same or? Not? Day. <laughs> well, you're the thing is, people need to know what you do. I do. I do. What's right? What he pre- had a warrant
5: for his arrest.
9: And he went in to pay his ticket, and it wasn't even in the system. You handcuffed him. You I did. put him in a jail cell for three hours. Yes. You fingerprinted him. Yes. And again. He was told to go in. He did exactly what he was told to do. But I think people need to understand that, I mean, again, he understood what he did was wrong. And he was there to, to pay his restitution. He was there. But he has never been, he has never had a ticket before. He has not, doesn't have any record at all. Uh, and just to do that to just a kid that literally went in to do the right thing. I just think that's something that needs to be pointed out. And if that's protocol, then fine. But I just think that it was excessive, and people need to understand that, you know, you go in to do the right thing. He wasn't arrested. He went in to pay his fine. And he was handcuffed, thrown in a jail cell, left there for three hours, while they produced the warrant for his arrest, because there was none when he went in. So, anyway. That's true, Tony.
0: You if if I could interject for just a moment, I got a phone yes. call last year, and it was from my son. And my son was sitting in the Boone County Jail, and the reason he was sitting in the Boone County Jail is because he had a warrant for his arrest. Now I, you know, my son, and he is not yes. he's not going to do anything uh, uh, illegal if you know he knows he's going to get in trouble and and things along those lines. But he had forgotten to pay a ticket, and so he was stopped. On I seventy by a Boone County uh, sheriff's deputy who ran his license, found out he had a ticket or uh, a warrant oh, I for his that, arrest. Baby. And and I get that. Yeah, but, but he there was every, no
9: warrant for his arrest.
0: I'm I mean, just saying
9: he, he didn't get stopped. He didn't get arrested. He knew he missed his court date that day. Mm-hmm. So there was no warrant for his arrest. He didn't get pulled over by someone else. He went in to pay the ticket. And again, I just think that. There's, I mean, I, there has to be, I get, he did what well, he tried to do what was right. He didn't get arrested. He went in to do what was right the day he missed his court date. There was no warrant for his arrest. That's why he was in a jail cell for three hours. They had to produce one. Yeah, we, and so, we anyway, just make those
5: up on whenever we need them, right? Is that what you're saying? That's not true. It's signed by a judge in Dallas County.
9: Well, it wasn't signed. And if you want me to show when the, at the time it was signed, he went in because he was told by Dallas County, just go into your own police department, your own sheriff's department, just pay it there. You don't need to come all the way here well, they because told he you was going to make a trip there. Well, that's, what, that's exactly what they told him to do in Dallas County, and that's why he was treated in Camden. And I just think that it's important that people know, Tony, yeah, I agree that your leadership you. is lacking, your budget is lacking, the way you handle things is lacking. And I just think it should be pointed out because I think it's important. Real criminals are, in my opinion, in some cases turned a blind eye to, and kids who do the right thing are literally handcuffed, fingerprinted, incarcerated because of who they are. So, anyway, thank you, Katie.
0: Thank you for the phone call. I have to ask this question. Um, you know, somebody who does do try, try to do the right thing, and 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 I get that. I mean, you know, sometimes especially if you're a kid and you don't know how the system works, at least he was trying to make an attempt, make an effort to do the right thing. Unfortunately, things just didn't work out for him, and he ended up getting arrested and handcuffed. And I will tell you that I guess it's typical that that, you have to perform that procedure on everyone and and so as far as a a warrant for his arrest did he go in the day that he missed court did he uh, because that's what it sounds like she's saying I don't think so
5: I, I don't know all I can tell you is this right I dealt with this with with Jeff her husband and her on this deal my people had no idea who this guy was when he came in to turn himself in they simply run him through the computer bleep, 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 we have a warrant for your arrest. At that point, my people don't know, don't care. They simply do their job. He has a warrant. He's arrested. He goes through the full process. Now, I'm sorry if you don't like that. Don't don't complain to me. Change the law, because that's what happens to anybody, your son. Uh, if, if you get stopped and you have a warrant, guess what? And, and that's absolutely, I'm sorry, I'm going to get, I'm going to be, I try not to get too defensive here, but to think that we made that warrant up and it wasn't signed is ludicrous. That is absolutely crazy. I can't do that. That's federal jail time. I'm not going to go to jail for doing, the, the warrant came out of Benton County. She's right. It did. Uh, we have no authority until that warrant is issued. Uh I don't know what Benton County told her, and that may be the problem. But don't get mad at me; I didn't do anything.
0: Let's take a real quick call, caller. We're going to be up against the clock here. I've got to. Uh, I've got. Uh, I've got uh, just a couple of minutes here, caller. Go right ahead.
6: Well, Tony, me, I mean, now, I'm just interested in this a little bit. You say that's what happens to anybody, but you know as well as I do oh, gosh. that if you. Well, you know as well as I do that if you happen to know the prosecutor, or let's say I don't know, you got a security company or something, and and you're working for some people, and one of their people gets a DWI. I mean, there's there's things that get uh, non-charged, right? I forget what the term is. Null process, I think it is. Nulli uh, So I mean, it nulli There we go. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not the same all the time. But what does that uh, have you know, to do I, I with, with my what you're
5: people? Saying. They didn't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. It takes a prosecutor or a judge.
6: Well, it also, it takes a deputy. It takes a guy that, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, I mean, these things do happen, Tony. And, and you know, well, they may, but they didn't happen on
5: this. I, I, what is your point again? Mm, no. I, are we just kind of crucifying Tony today because we don't like him or something he did wrong we don't like? Because I'm telling you, what was done was 100% above board, and it was legal. It was what was supposed to be done. Nobody knew well, Tony, that that was Stacy well, Shore's well, son. I
6: well, Listen, I don't care if it's, look, hey, I'm of the mindset that it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, you know, everybody should be treated fair. So I don't care if it's Stacey's son or not. I agree. Fine, fine, well, and good. I'm not not saying you should have taken anything for her, but I am saying that other times it is. Now, earlier you talked about honesty, and you talked about that budget meeting I was in. I was in that budget meeting when you said to the commission that you did not need anything. You didn't need any money. And a matter of fact, Tony, you should know me well enough. I tape-recorded that whole damn meeting because I knew... Something might come up that was fun. Now, a couple of days later, you come in there and you tell them that, in fact, you need $750,000 and that you couldn't speak freely because I was in the room. Now, what's up with transparency there?
5: Well, I, I think you're kind of a sneak. I don't, trans- I don't like where's you.
6: <laughs> where's the tra- Well, sure, but where's the transparency at, Tony? How come you couldn't say in your public budget meeting that you wanted $750,000? You said, I don't need anything.
5: I then never said I needed seven 750000 I mean, <laughs> What I said, if you'll shut up okay. long enough, I'll tell you what I said. I said that I need 750000 for the raises that they voted for. They wanted to take it out of my sales tax budget. Nathan, get things right before you talk no. about it.
6: No, they told you that your raises are going to come from the sales tax because that's what you promised the public they were going to come from. That's what they said. You
5: know, you just keep putting those words in my mouth. Well, you don't have any idea him. what you're talking about, my friend.
0: Caller, I'm going to have to uh, let you go. We're at the uh, top of the hour, not cutting you off, but again, just like anything else, I've got to take my top-of-the-hour break. Tony, thanks for coming in. You bet. And uh, we encourage you to stick around. County Commissioner James Gohagan joins me at 910 to uh, talk about a variety of things going on, uh, obviously, with the the county of Camden. We thank you for your uh, patronage this morning and encourage you to stick around for more of The Daily Show. Stacy Johnson with local news from lakeexpo.com, Chris Schneider with Lake TV, and a check of sports on The Key. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key.
1: I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 5th. One man was killed and another was arrested after a three-vehicle crash on the Highway 5 Niagara Bridge Friday evening. According to Missouri State Highway Patrol, 32-year-old Miles Aldrich crashed into a motorcycle in front of him on the northbound side of the highway. The motorcycle driver, 54-year-old Drew Fairchild, was pronounced dead at the scene. The highway patrol says he was not wearing a helmet. Two other people were injured in that crash. Aldrich was arrested on suspicion of driving while intoxicated. A Lynn Creek woman's facing two felony charges in connection with a burned child. The Camden County Sheriff's Office says a man called to report a concern about the child he had with 27-year-old Amanda Turbrock. Deputies say the child's hand had been seriously burned but had not been treated. After deputies intervened, the child was treated at Lake Regional Hospital. Authorities say they found evidence in the home that led to Turbrock's arrest. Well, the Lake Ozar Christmas Parade marches down the Bagdell Dam Strip this weekend. The parade starts at 1 in the afternoon with lineup at 11.30. Santa will greet kids at the Luby Stage after the parade with gifts and sweets. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating and the lake life, lakeexpo.com.
0: Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree 65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received.
2: Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. whole lot of football this weekend. Not good for the Chiefs yesterday. 9-3 after seeing the five-game win streak come to an end in Cincy. They lose it 27-24. The Bengals... Third win in two years over the Chiefs. They're the only team in the NFL with that kind of a record against Kansas City, including, of course, that win in the AFC Championship last year. It drops the Chiefs out of the number one seed in the AFC playoffs as for now, moves Buffalo up. The Chiefs will travel to play in Denver next Sunday. So tonight's game, it's the Saints in Tampa. Yesterday, elsewhere, the Eagles beat the Titans, so Philly is now 11-1. The Vikings beat the Jets They're 10-2. Niners beat Miami, but they lose quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year with a broken foot. Uh, you would think that's going to be a big setback for San Fran. Ravens score in the final seconds to beat Denver. Of 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 course, the Chiefs play in Denver next week. Washington and the Giants played to a tie as for college football number one Georgia beat LSU for the SEC championship number two Michigan beat Purdue for the Big Ten title number three TCU lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game but TCU still going to the national semifinals number four last week USC lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship so that will move Ohio State up into number four the final four teams the teams playing for the national championship will be Georgia Michigan TCU and Ohio State as for uh, the Mizzou Tigers they will be playing in the Gasparilla Bowl on December 23rd they will take on Wake Forest College Hoops Mizzou 9-0 after beating Southeast Missouri yesterday MSU Bears 4-4 after losing at home over the weekend to Bradley St. Louis Blues busy on the road tonight against the Rangers Lake TV brings you five local Lake area shows, including the High School Basketball Coaches Show. Twelve coaches from area teams will uh, tell us what's going on with their teams, preview the season ahead throughout the whole month of December. You can see the High School Basketball Coaches Show on Lake TV at 10, 2, and 6 every day. And again, that's with 12 different coaches from the area. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku. And Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time on your computer at mylakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this Monday.
0: Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do sales experience is preferred but isn't required we need you and so does our community contact bill munhausen at 573-2800532 key radio keyk is an equal opportunity employer
3: key gathering place is a special kind of community center the serving table makes community meals twice every week birthday parties wedding receptions or simple gatherings of friends we have space for meetings and events too big for your living room Whether you need the patio or our sunroom or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community.
4: www.keygatheringplace.com Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call 1-866-71-ABUSE.
0: If you'd like to become a content provider, simply contact the Lakes Community Radio Station at 89.3, The Key. All right, back here in the uh, friendly confines at the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Thanks to uh, Sheriff Tony Helms for joining us last hour. And, uh, and callers, thanks for taking the time to call in. And we appreciate your phone calls. And uh, we'll uh, also have an opportunity to uh, talk with our next guest, Camden County Commissioner uh, James Gohagan, who is going to join us here and uh, spend an hour with us uh, talking about, I'm sure, as much as we can possibly cram into this hour. 573-633-5395. want to thank, uh, of course, all of you for tuning in on our SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio Live Cam and all of you listening on 89.3 KeyRadio.live. And, yes, of course... Our free apps for your iPhones and your Androids. 54 the high, 42 the low for the day, and a slight chance of uh, a rain shower throughout the course of the day and into tonight. Showers in 49 for the high tomorrow, about a 50% chance. Clouds in 51 on Wednesday. Uh, rain likely on Thursday, close to a 90% chance, and a high of 57. Cloudy and 48 on Friday. Morning clouds, then sunshine by the afternoon on Saturday, a high of around 50. And then cloudy and 50 on Sunday right now 47 in Osage Beach 44 in Camdenton, and we are joined alongside by Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen good to see you man good morning good to have you with us and uh for having me how are things going up there uh at the county courthouse well I guess you're not in the county courthouse right now are you now we are in the annex
10: across the street from the courthouse um yeah that's uh been a point of contention for me the last month the uh remodel and everything behind it is getting uh, pretty frustrating. Pretty frustrating.
0: We uh, we are um, hearing a lot about it. and um, I, I think I mentioned this to you. Uh, we'd like to reach out to Veragy and, and have them come in and sit down and, and, and kind of give their side of the story as well so we can hear both sides of what's going on. But as of right now, I guess things are moving a little slower than originally planned. I know that the uh, completion rate uh, our percentage of completion is about, what, 30% at this point, 35%, uh, 40%? I
10: went through with them and asked them, you know, how much are you on this one, this one, this one? Uh, and then I averaged it out, and it was 55%, which is, you know, we're supposed to be moving back in December 19th. I really don't see that happening. I think that's, you know, they've tried to get us to sign quite a few change orders. Mm-hmm. And I haven't signed any of them. N- neither has any of the other commissioners. So um, we haven't changed the scope of work or anything as far as the county is concerned, because we're the only ones that can sign off contractually on anything like that. So um, while you're at it, wanting to hear Virgie's side of it, I would definitely uh, implore you to invite the auditor in as well, because you know he was heavily involved with the engagement with Virgie in the beginning, and mm-hmm. get Jimmy, get Jimmy's side of the story.
0: It is interesting. Um, there was talk of maybe uh, uh, some people talking well ahead of the uh, the bid itself. Correct. And what do we know about that? Well, it, it is
10: funny because inevitably, as a commissioner, you're going to get um, you're going to be in the spotlight more than anybody. So, you know, the the other elect except for Tony, I will give Tony credit. Tony will go and fight for what he wants and respond to public criticism no matter what. So, you know, good on him. But you know, like I said, inevitably commissioners will be in the spotlight, um, on these things. And during that time, you know, I was pretty much lame duck status. Let's just be real. So the, the way it started for me is I was looking at the electric bills and I was asking, we need to do something, you know, we're paying 10 grand a month for the courthouse. Mm-hmm. That seems a little excessive. I know it's a big building, but could we get that down or, or not. So I was talking to LaClede electric and you know, they offered to do an energy audit for free Mm -hmm. to the courthouse. So, you know, you see all these guys in hard hats running around counting light bulbs. So I kind of assumed that that's what was going on. Well, I didn't know that the auditor had already engaged with Virgie on doing the remodel. I had no idea this was going on. So it was kind of uh Kind of a surprise whenever all this came up well there's Virgie right now wanting to talk um, it was kind of a surprise you know I, I definitely wanted to do a remodel of the courthouse because we had asbestos throughout a lot of people were concerned about that
0: and I was gonna and that brings up an interesting point uh, have there ever been any claims of anyone having any issues Based on the fact that uh, there was asbestos in the courthouse? Has anyone talked about it? Boy, I don't
10: know. But, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of weird, you know, strange illnesses floating through that courthouse. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, you can go back... Quite a bit, and there was a lot of people that were sick and unhealthy with strange, you know, and we can get into the other stuff that well, was going on in Camden, too, but, yeah. And, and you say you say strange, were they, like... Different brain cancers, um, upper respiratory, you know, who knows if that was metho- mesothelioma or whatever, but uh it, it definitely had an impact, and it definitely kind of had a, you know, I wouldn't call it a ghost story, but there was a lot of people that
0: talked about it, throughout the years. I mean, I always had heard it. Which I was always kind of concerned when they mentioned that there was asbestos and there has been, you know, there's been a nationwide campaign, I guess if you want to call it that, to find places where asbestos uh, is in a building and get it removed as as quickly as possible. And then uh, the one thing that I was always surprised that I didn't hear about, uh, similar to the other problem with uh, you know the the modine issue mm-hmm. uh, and the TCE and things along those lines, is that uh, no one had had come forth and said, well, you know what, I think maybe you know I've got a work related uh, issue as far as uh, you know what I've been experiencing, similar to what you just said. And I was really kind of surprised that none of that has has come to the surface as well. So it's, you know, we're we're in the process of trying to get that out of the courthouse. Right.
10: Yeah. Well, inevitably, if it does go to a, you know, a a lawsuit or something, generally you won't see that. Yeah. You won't hear about the bad on that end because that is usually what they try to settle with. Mm -hmm. We'll give you money. Don't say anything. So... Who knows how many of those went on? I don't really know. But I do know that there was definitely a lot of people that – prominent people, too, you know, that had passed away. And it was – you know, they were young and healthy until, you know, a few years of working there.
0: Right, right. So we are in the process of trying to figure out where all of this is at, where it's headed, if there will be uh, some sort of, uh, I guess – tentative completion date it, it it seemingly is going to be well beyond the, the December, December 19th, 19th. And, and and you know in, in a lot of cases and i think a lot of people have brought that up that a lot of times you have a a tentative date a projected date at which you want to complete the job and in a lot of cases and we i, I think one of the places we see it more often than not is when we're out on the roads and, you know, somebody comes along and says, well, we've got a project we're going to uh, put in place. And uh, it's going to take X amount of days, weeks, months to get it completed. You know, MoDOT ran into some problems over there on, uh, on the Bagnell Dam project. And it mm-hmm. took them, obviously, longer than originally anticipated. So does that get into any kind of an issue as far as the county in Veragy is concerned with them uh, having to, you know, I don't know if you put any fines or anything on them? unless, of course, it is something that they come across that they weren't aware of in terms of the length of time it would really take to fix something like that. They went in, looked at it, gave an estimate, and said, well, we think it's going to take you know X amount of days, weeks, months to get this particular problem, and then when you actually get into it, then you find out it's probably going to be a lot longer or a little longer or however much longer it's going to take in order to get something completed. Well,
10: the original... uh scope for all this work was four to eight weeks, no problem. I mean, they acted very cocksure and we're going to get this done. No, no issue. And I, I knew in the back of my head that that was not right. Um And it obviously it's the, you know, whenever I talked to the project manager last week, he had basically said that it, it would be another, it would be probably March, February. And I said, well, our contract says December. Mm-hmm. That's whenever We have not changed the scope of work. That's when we expect a completion date. The issue is is they did not realize the amount of plumbing that runs through that courthouse. And that's not our fault. And it's just like the asbestos. They didn't know that there was asbestos in the entire place. They they thought they had tested everything until they started removing tiles. And then they found out it went through the assessor's office, the collector's office. Again, not our fault. The scope of work said... All asbestos, not just this little bit that you think you know where it's at. So, you know they they've really tried to uh, they've tried to manipulate the process. Um, again, you know they told us that they were going to move all the offices, no issue, it'll all be done on them. And then they they brought me this piece, of, which I honestly found insulting because this piece of paper said we had to move an extra day, and we could have charged you ten grand for that, but we didn't and it was sunrise movers so you know shout out to those guys they did a really good job but i you know i did a little research and called around and found out how much they were actually charging us so um it looked like they were hitting us up for an additional 40% off or 40% extra mm-hmm. from what the original price tag was so i i thought it was being very disingenuous to bring that to us Um, and try to, you know, say, Hey, we're giving you a break here, man. And I'm like, no, you had already said you were going to move. That's not a break at all. That's what you agreed to do in the beginning. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, like I, like I mentioned before, asbestos, the roof and the plumbing, those are our three big, you know, areas we wanted to address. And now they're they're hemming and hauling over the plumbing. They want us to sign you know a two hundred thousand dollar change order, hundred thousand dollar change order, and that's not what the original agreement was. I'm sorry you guys didn't, but you know I saw them uh being some lazy bones out there. they weren't there was days, very nice days where they could have been working, and they weren't doing anything and then they come to a public meeting and say guys we can't get this done we don't know we don't know any contractors that are free but i told them in the beginning you better get these guys lined out way beforehand because it's the lake everybody's busy Mm -hmm. they're all backed up and that's not our job you're the general contractor you're the one that's supposed to be finding these people
0: not us so let's talk about the bid process itself um, were there any other companies that, uh, had submitted bids or? No, I think the, I think it was pretty much, uh, I think it was
10: written in such a way and there was some background stuff going on with the auditor and Virgie that, uh, it was, it was essentially just, you're going to get it no matter what. Cause nobody's, nobody's going to have the time. I mean, they were doing it for like two months mm-hmm reviewing the building, coming up with plans, doing, you know, designs. You say some background stuff. Background as in the auditor and Viraji were communicating on the back end Mm -hmm. that it was all but
0: assured Viraji was going to, you know, end up with this. So were these the right people for the job to begin with? Because if you're running into all these issues now... uh, I, I don't think so. They're a green energy company. Um, they're that,
10: you know, get on their website, virgy.com and look at how they, uh, present themselves it is very, you know, they, they're real good about changing light bulbs and getting all that, um, you know, energy cost savings, whatever.
0: But, uh, as far as general contracting, I feel like they are very in over their head. Mm-hmm. Was there any concern about that initially early on? Did anybody do any research on the company before the bid was, uh, was given the thumbs up? No, I I don't believe so. Yeah. Now, is that something that maybe you thought you needed to look into, or you should have looked into, or they had, you know, they had replaced HVAC units in our old,
10: um, our old courtroom where the commission holds court, Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget the HVAC units fell through the the roof, and I said, "Well, who did this?" And they were like, "CTS," and that CTS is for that's Virgie's former name. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, wow, the guys we just hired are the ones that just screwed this into the, you know, ceiling tile, these heavy HVAC units, and now they've busted through. I mean, God forbid that happened while we
0: had people in there because it would have been a I mean, it would have been probably a fatality. Has there anybody that's looked back and, and, and you know, I don't know, done any kind of a uh, a search to see what kind of reviews these uh, these folks had before they were hired?
10: I actually had talked to, uh, we had a MAC conference down here at Margaritaville, and I had talked to the commissioner in Adair County. And I don't know if you've heard anything about how they're doing with Viraji, but they're like already a year and a half out Mm -hmm. from their expected completion date and they've signed over a million dollars in change orders and change orders are where they really get you because you know you have to do this you have this has to be done and like i said our scope of work said plumbing and they're not wanting to do the plumbing now so we're just going to sit and you know it's going to become a
0: mexican standoff i guess is it uh is it something that should have been researched a little bit uh, closer in uh, in your estimation? Yes, and you know the I mean if I, it's a dare county you said right right so um, I don't know it just seems to me like if you're going to be utilizing taxpayer dollars to fund a project at a courthouse that the taxpayers utilize and that you know you've got public employees and uh, county employees are, that, that are working there, research to me would seem like the key to all of this and, and just kind of doing a little bit of extra legwork to make sure that before you enter into anything that you essentially have your, your bases covered. Well, we didn't do any of that, and I, I really felt like it was being
10: rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that we were going to take a bond out, and that was you know the final agreement with Viraji was to do the bonding. So, you know, that is something I voted against because I didn't feel like we had any control over the entire project after that. You know, they, as soon as that bond goes out, they can start receiving money before they do anything. And I've always had an issue with that because the person borrowing the money is going to become subservient to the lender. I mean, that's in the Bible, so... I didn't, I didn't like borrowing the money. We could have paid for it out of uh, ARPA funds, capital improvement projects. And I did not want to go down that path where we had zero control over this. Essentially, we took a loan to pay these guys. And now they're, it's, it's not between the county and Viraji. It's between the bonding company and Viraji. So mm-hmm. we are, you know, we're essentially cut out in that regard unless we pull the bond.
0: Is there any hope that maybe at this point you can put things on hold and uh, and and look at maybe somebody else coming in and completing the work? Is that even something you know, possible?
10: I have talked to many contractors that have done. You know, this is the lake of the Ozarks. We have big projects going up all the time, and there's a lot of local contractors that would have. You know, if if they would anyone step forward and yeah, offer, they have. Um, you know, they said if we would have got the same treatment that Virgi got we would have definitely put a bid in, you know, and that'll, who knows, that'll probably lead to a lawsuit. We get sued all the time for anything and everything, but um, we'll see.
0: And so at this particular point, it's kind of in, I don't want to say it's in limbo, but it almost kind of sounds like it is if there's certain things that can't get done and aren't getting done. And uh, you mentioned change orders and things along these lines. And then, of course, the issue with the bond, Uh, there's a lot of things that are, kind of making folks scratch their heads as to how this all happened in the first place. And somebody had sent me a, a message here and it said, who signed the Verige contract? And so I guess Greg
10: Hasty is the presiding commissioner. They, the
0: presiding commissioner signs all contracts. And did he take the opportunity to do any research? Did he kind of go down and and talk with these folks ahead of time and, and and make sure that uh, they had all their ducks in a row before they began the project. Uh, That would be a question for Greg.
10: Okay. I mean, I, I had spoken to him about it briefly actually the other day and he said, all I don't know if this is true, but he said all he got whenever uh, it was presented to him was just a cover sheet for his signature.
0: uh, As far as the contract scope of work. So now it's uh it's uh hurry up and wait. Yeah. <laughs> hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. January can't come soon enough. Well, I guess uh again this is going to be an ongoing project and and you know obviously it uh It puts the uh, county employees out because they're scattered all over the county, but then, of course, then you have to worry about the citizens that have county business to take care of as far as them finding where where they need to be and uh, who they need to see and where that uh, person or people or office is located. Oh, inevitably, the last
10: week of December is the busiest week for the collector. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she'll do a lot in money on those days, so... You know, 50 Roofner Street, if anybody wants to know where the collector and the assessor are located right now, um, I know it is very difficult. And that's, that's the other thing is, you know, we weren't even notified that they had this different um, completion date until last week. Um, you know, we've got leases out on these buildings that are, you know, going to be expired soon. So what are you know we we need to have an actual solid date or find somewhere else to move these different offices. We've got the collector and assessor there on Fifty Roofner Street across from RJS. Um, then we've got the recorder of deeds. He's on uh, North Five, uh, kind of by Smoke and Jones. You've got the uh, county clerk, Roland Todd, who is up there right across from Beckett Motors. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. No. So, um, oh, the auditor and, uh, wastewater accounts payable is in the old lake sun building also on North five. So we've got our entire accounting just spread out. I think me personally, I'm ready for us all to be back together instead of just, you know, satellite places all over the county, um, So that's the other thing, and I really wish Virgi, you know, I tried to schedule a meeting with him this week. Uh, I sent a pretty pointed email to everyone, including the CEO. We'll see if that ever gets responded to, and I haven't heard anything back as of now.
0: It is 9.30. We're going to step aside and take our bottom-of-the-hour break. We'll come back and talk some more with Camden County Commissioner James Kohagan. Your phone calls are welcome at 573-633-5395. You are listening to The Daily Show.
1: I'm Stacy Johnson and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 5th. One man was killed and another was arrested after a three-vehicle crash on the Highway 5 Niagara Bridge Friday evening. According to the Missouri State Highway Patrol, 32-year-old Miles Aldrich crashed into a motorcycle in front of him on the northbound side of the highway. The motorcycle driver, 54-year-old Drew Fairchild, was pronounced dead at the scene. The highway patrol says he was not wearing a helmet. Two other people were injured in that crash. Aldrich was arrested on suspicion of driving while intoxicated. A Lynn Creek woman's facing two felony charges in connection with a burned child. The Camden County Sheriff's Office says a man called to report a concern about the child he had with 27-year-old Amanda Turbrock. Deputies say the child's hand had been seriously burned but had not been treated. After deputies intervened, the child was treated at Lake Regional Hospital. Authorities say they found evidence in the home that led to Turbrock's arrest. Well, the Lake Ozar Christmas Parade marches down the Bagdell Dam Strip this weekend. The parade starts at 1 in the afternoon with line-up at 1130. Santa will greet kids at the Luby Stage after the parade with gifts and sweets. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com.
0: Join 89.3 The key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley.
7: The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and
0: Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key.
2: Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Whole lot of football this weekend. Not good for the Chiefs yesterday. 9-3 after seeing the five-game win streak come to an end in Cincy. They lose it 27-24. The Bengals. Third win in two years over the Chiefs. They're the only team in the NFL with that kind of a record against Kansas City, including, of course, that win in the AFC Championship last year. It drops the Chiefs out of the number one seed in the AFC playoffs As for now, moves Buffalo up. The Chiefs will travel to play in Denver next Sunday. So tonight's game, it's the Saints in Tampa. Yesterday, elsewhere, the Eagles beat the Titans, so Philly is now 11-1. The Vikings beat the Jets They're 10-2. Niners beat Miami, but they lose quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year with a broken foot. Uh, You would think that's going to be a big setback for San Fran. Ravens score in the final seconds to beat Denver. Of Of course, the Chiefs play in Denver next week. Washington and the Giants played to a tie as for college football number one georgia beat lsu for the sec championship number two michigan beat purdue for the big 10 title number three tcu lost to kansas state in the big 12 championship game but tcu still going to the national semifinals. number four last week usc lost to utah in the pac-12 championship so that will move ohio state up into number four the final four teams the teams playing for the national championship will be georgia michigan tcu and ohio state as for uh, the mizzou tigers they will be playing in the gasparilla bowl on december 23rd they will take on wake forest college hoops. Mizzou 9-0 after beating Southeast Missouri yesterday. MSU Bears 4-4 after losing at home over the weekend to Bradley. St. Louis Blues busy on the road tonight against the Rangers. Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows including the High School Basketball Coaches Show. Twelve coaches from area teams will uh, tell us what's going on with their teams preview the season ahead throughout the whole month of December. You can see the High School Basketball Coaches Show on lake tv at 10 2 and 6 every day and again that's with 12 different coaches from the area you can see lake tv on como channel 90 absolutely free on roku and amazon fire and streaming live all the time on your computer at mylakeTV.com. tv.com i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this monday
8: This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day, each and every day. Just two minutes. Here's today's story. Now, here's a story I can relate to from dodo. It's about a pit bull. Now, I'm no fan of pit bulls, but this isn't a story about my issues with them. This is about a specific pit bull named Simba, who was owned by Arjanit. Now, Simba lives with his owner in an apartment complex, and even though he's been nothing but a sweet dog, a lot of the renters in the complex avoid Simba simply because he's a pit bull. One neighbor who lives directly below Simba is an elderly woman who didn't want to be around him at all. He always tried to greet her, but she called him mean and looked at him with fear. Arjunet told Dodo. She never liked him because he was a bad breed. Simba, however, never seemed to dislike her, even after she would avoid him. Recently, Arjunet and Simba were returning home from a walk when they passed by the neighbor's unit on their way up the stairs. It was at that moment... Simba started acting strangely. He stopped. He began to bark and run to the door where the neighbor lives. I pulled the leash, but he refused to come. Arjunet moved to pick him up. That was when he noticed a faint sound coming from inside. I heard a weak voice shout for help, Arjunet recalled. She said, please don't go. The door was unlocked, so Arjunet opened it, finding his neighbor collapsed on the floor. She had broken her hip and had been in her home for a while, Arjunet said. For two days, she'd gone unnoticed. She was unable to move, and her life was in danger. Simba had sensed her just in time. Arjunet called for an ambulance, and then she said, thank you for hearing me. I thought she was talking to me at first, Arjunet recalled, but then she said, no, not you, the nice doggy. Turns out that that bad dog actually had a bigger heart than most. Now Simba is recognized as a hero. Others in the building have begun showering him with treats and gifts, and Simba certainly deserves them all. Arjunet, however, hopes his dog's actions that day will lead to a shift in attitudes about more than his pup alone. I know Simba is a wonderful dog, Arjunet said, but I hope this event will make people see bully breeds differently. We as human beings must deserve their loyalty and love. Simba proves they have plenty of it to go around. Well done, Simba. Thank you for a happy headline. And thank you for listening. This is Happy Headline. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day.
0: We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. All right, we're back here at 939. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to try and uh, get Darren Kime in here uh, hopefully tomorrow. I'm going to reach out to him, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an event that they've got going on uh, with, of course, uh, the folks from Ozarks Amphitheater who have been doing this for the last couple of years, getting folks uh, all lined up to go around and do some Christmas caroling at some of the uh, nursing homes in our area and uh, provide a little Christmas cheer for the residents that are staying in these homes. Uh, We'll also be working on a very special project. I'm not going to give out too many details, but Mindy Sales is involved in that, and we'll talk more about that uh, once, uh, once things get a little closer. Uh, to when we plan on airing this uh, this very special event that we're doing for a, a local Lake Area resident. We've got uh, Ike Skelton and Professor Jim Paisley on the program. Mindy will join us with those two nice ladies that, uh, that, that decorate that stretch of Highway 5 every year and uh, have done a, a great job and have received a lot of compliments and uh, kudos from uh, the public. Karen Cassie. Karen Cassie, that's absolutely right. I had the chance to interview them. Uh, what was it, last year on Lake TV around the time they were doing it. And uh, that's just nice. I mean, they spend their own money and go out or they'll, uh, you know, take donations if you'd like to help them out. Danny Ellison will be on the program, Bev Allen on Friday from Concerned Women for America, of Missouri, and Dave Maupin, and we'll try to get some more folks in here as well. Uh, but uh, James has also said, uh, you know, there's some other folks that we need to be talking to about what's going on, and we'll just uh, see if we can't get them in to uh, talk yeah. more about the renovations.
10: Well, and just county government in general, you know, I would, you know, Donnie Snelling, he's been in office Longer than most, the recorder of deeds, and, you know, he's a funny guy. I would definitely encourage you to uh, invite some of these less, you know, they're they're not as polarizing, but they see what goes on every day. Mm -hmm. Marty McGuire, the assessor. Teresa, you know, I think she would like to uh, um, come in and kind of explain, you know, we're doing that forensic audit. Let's hear her side of it because she hasn't been able to tell it. Uh, Kendra Hicks, the treasurer. Roland Todd. Like I said, if you want to know about the vehicles and stuff, he he is the one that keeps all the titles for the county. I would definitely encourage any any one of the, I, I think it'd just be nice at, in general to have the other elected officials come here and speak, hear their side because the way it gets in the county is, you know, you get all this tension built up. And nobody wants to talk to anybody. That's what's been going on for years. This is true. You're absolutely and, right. Uh, me, you know, me and Tony, we fight all the time. But, you know, like I said, t- me and Tony will still talk. And it's great. It's it, it's not like that with everybody else. But it is nice whenever you have a disagreement or a conflict and you can just stop mm-hmm. and discuss it. Sometimes you might yell at each other, but that's okay, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know a little bit about being yelled at. <laughs> yeah, I do. 9.42 is uh, is our time. 633 3353 Commissioner James Gohagan in the studio with me. And, of course, a lot of folks watching us on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in studio. Cam, good morning, Lonnie Cravens. It's good to hear from you, sir, down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Sean, Vicki, let's see who else we have. Kathy. Uh, just a lot of different folks: Rusty, Rusty, uh, Jerry. Let's see who else is uh, on here. Doug, Chris, uh, Stephanie, CJ. And Dave, uh, who else? Uh, Nancy uh, is on here with us as well. Heard from Larry Bennett. Heard from uh, Professor Jim Paisley. Just a lot of folks that are checking us out on this uh, in-studio cam that we have available. Don't forget 89.3 as well as KeyRadio.live. And the free apps for your iPhones and your Androids. You can literally listen to this radio station anywhere uh, outside of the lake area for, uh, well, no cost to you the key radio listener, and that's certainly what we like about that. Everybody likes uh, enjoying things where they don't have to pay for them, but sometimes it's necessary and uh, sometimes it it just, you know, this whole situation with the renovation I, I, and and in I'm just going to say this, okay, because we hear all the different stories and all the different things that are going on, and we try to get perspective, and we try to get an idea of what's going on. It would seem to me in this day and age where technology is everywhere, and people can see what's going on, and people can hear what's going on, and people can get... Uh, various Paula good morning to you Nancy good morning to you Steve good morning to you Jenny good morning to you Uh, in this day and age when people can acquire records a lot easily much much more easily uh, than they used to be able to do so that anything and everything that is going to be out there that is is what they would consider in the public domain would be researched would be thought through you know, let's sit down and, and, and try and have a uh, point-counterpoint meeting or or just maybe roll some things out where people would say, now what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Do we have a contingency plan? Do we have a plan B? Do we have some place to fall back on? Because, you know, folks, taxpayers, they want accountability. Taxpayers want transparency. And if you think things through and you try to do things as upfront and as open and as transparent as humanly possible then you're really not going to get a lot of blowback or a lot of you know mistakes are going to be made i don't think that is is an issue and i think that goes without saying but if there're mistakes that could possibly be cut off at the past to begin with then it's going to make things a little bit more <laughs> acceptable possibly palatable whatever uh whatever you want to say however you want to say it because i think sometimes it just seems to me that things happen around here that don't need to happen and wouldn't happen if people would just think it through a little bit more i mean call me crazy
10: no that's you know i go to the uh if you've ever if you ever want to go to a very interesting meeting check out uh the horseshoe bend special road district um they run i hear them brought up quite a bit so they have about a $2 million budget, and they maintain those roads and keep them up into tip-top shape all the time. And it's because every person, um, Sarah, she's kind of the power behind the throne over there. Kevin, he's the administrator. And the, the three board members and the attorney, they know every single penny, where it's going, how much it costs, what what the cost is compared to last year. And that, for me, that was an eye-opening experience when I first started going to these meetings. I'm like, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I wish everybody would, you know, take a little time more to become an expert on what you're actually elected to do. You know, you take an oath of office to represent this community and the taxpayers. And I don't know that some people take that as seriously as others. You know, you're taking an oath to God as far as I'm concerned. hmm Um, And but, you know, maybe some
0: people it's just I'm going to get up there, say some words, and then I'm the elected official and I can go do whatever I want. Do you feel as though you've made any mistakes? I mean, do you or are there things? And and I asked Tony Helms this question last hour. I said, as you look back on what you've done so far as a county commissioner, do you think there are things that you could have done better, uh, treated uh, things a little different, uh, maybe made some different choices? uh, Yeah,
10: I mean, I, I think, you know, I walked in thinking, okay. I'm over these people, but they let me know very quickly that, you know, they weren't going to, I was obviously, you know, two against one. So, um, but I also look at it like, well, how can I prove myself to um, the staff and the community and the workers in Camden County? And the only thing I knew how to do was just work hard. You know, you, the people that work hard when somebody else is watching, Uh, That's not pleasing to the heavenly Father. He knows what you're doing when you're you're nobody's watching. And I've always thought of a work ethic like that, like work like your Lord is watching you work. And you know, that's how I've always approached work ethic. And so I think, like I said, you know, you don't just get respect just because you got elected. You have to earn it. So I feel like I wish I would have waited a little bit more before I started making some controversial, you know, decisions and stuff like that. But no, I don't, I don't regret anything because I think it, it, it honestly made me a stronger person, um, going through so much turmoil. It, it's not easy. And it was definitely a lot of sleepless
0: nights, but now, you know, pff, nothing bothers me. Interesting comment. Uh, Sean says the oath is to uphold the constitution. Correct. And, um, I guess maybe it's all in how you view that oath when you take it. Well, the constitution, yes, but you, you know, you're obviously,
10: uh, you've got your hand on the Bible. Right. And for me, um, the person I'm going to answer to in the end is not on this earth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's an, it's to uphold the constitution, but it's also to, uh, you know, swear that you're going to demean yourself in this
0: office to your heavenly father. I often think sometimes, you know, and, and this is elected officials across the board. It doesn't ma- make any difference what level you're on. You campaign, and then once you get into the office, it seems like a lot of things that people have campaigned on, they forget about. Go they, by the wayside. It happens all the time. Well, it drives and, me nuts. And, and, you know, we, 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 uh, we get on uh... the folks that we've got in washington dc we get on the folks that we have in jeff city and of course we get on the folks here locally because obviously you folks are more accessible and, uh, you know, we say all the time, well, that's not what you said you were going to do. Uh, you know, I often wonder sometimes why people run for elected office in the first place. Do they run to do what is right or do they run to do what is popular in order to get the support of people because they're already thinking about their reelection? And I just, uh, you know, I ran on very few things.
10: It was uh, deputy raises, which I feel like we've done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, protect the second amendment. You know, we were the first County in Missouri that passed the second amendment orders ordinance. We passed the health and freedoms ordinance, which, uh, you know, they, they didn't declare that, uh, houses of worship were essential. And I said, I disagree with that. That needs to be in the verbiage, uh, attendance. I feel like I've been there quite a bit, um, You know, there was only very few meetings that I've missed, and that was due to prior commitments like going to the state capitol and speaking on behalf of that SAPA ordinance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like I've kept a lot of my campaign promises from my original, you know, uh, but, you know, Ike Skelton, he's coming in. He made a big promise, the roads. Mm -hmm. We have increased the road and bridge budget almost $4 million. We're almost up to $12 million now, Uh, and... You know, the problem with Road and Bridge is commissioners, you know, those are our employees, so they're not gonna they're not gonna complain to the commissioners like, Hey, we don't have enough to get the job done and you've got all these people complaining. Well, you get elected officials, give me this or I'm gonna tell all my employees it's because of you. Well, that threat only goes so far because our job is to maintain the roads. We need to make be good stewards of the county property. That's our job as commissioners. So If we capitulate to all these other elected officials that want to fear monger, like, oh, you're going to have all these people mad at you. When our employees inevitably are not going to be mad at us if we have to cut into their budget and shrink it, which that has happened to Road and Bridge over the years. Mm -hmm. They're not going to complain because you're complaining to your boss, essentially. Right. So, uh, you know, I looked at that and I thought, you know what? Ike's got a good, clear, concise message. Let's get it happening. Let's get him... A decent budget to work with. If that is his campaign promise, I'm more than happy to help him keep that.
0: Where Where do you think all of that is going to? Where's it going to come from? Are other departments going to have him to make sacrifices? Yes, and if so. Uh, how do you explain that to these departments well, and say, well, hey, listen, you know, uh, we've got to keep the roads up and running uh, for not just, uh, you know, the, the, the taxpayers. But, hey, look, you travel those roads every day, so don't you want something uh, decent to travel on? Yeah, well,
10: that's kind of a two-fold answer. One, it you know, this year we froze everyone's budget without just adding a cost-of-living adjustment. Right. So the 8.9 or whatever it is, um, added to the payroll, the, the, the second part is really the part that's pretty much made me unpopular in regards to, we're going to cut out all the silly purchases, the reimbursements, the things that you're going after the county for that nobody's ever said anything for years. As far as I know, I think I'm the first one that's brought it up, but the out of control, abuse of, you know, let's say, okay, I bought a Glock. That's my Glock. I went and registered it in my name. And then I go to the county and say, hey, here, I want reimbursed for this because I need personal protection. Mm -hmm. That's not right, in my opinion. I don't think, you know, if you're law enforcement, a little bit different story. But if you're a lawyer, you're behind two security guards. You got to go through a metal detector to get to you. You're upstairs in the justice center. You're about in the most secure place in Camden County. Give me a break.
0: You don't need a Glock in there. Hmm. How much of this responsibility falls on the people? And let me let me set this up a little bit before I uh, have you answer that question. You know, social media is huge, Mm -hmm. and social media takes on all forms and all comers, and there's a lot of people who comment on things, and that's kind of where a lot of the issues kind of uh, get legs, because people see something on social media, they read it, good or bad, and they react to it. Wouldn't you like to see those same people be more engaged and more involved in government in the sense that? that that's what we really need and i i saw a comment that was made out here uh, about the citizens being more involved. And, you know, there are th- certain things that the county can do uh, to make that uh, maybe a little bit more accessible in, in the sense that, you know, you talk about the video system where they could show those meetings mm-hmm. and, and record those meetings and people could listen back. Sometimes I think the problem, uh, it, it kind of falls into the laps of the people because, hey, that's my money. That's your money. That's our money. And if we're, you know, as concerned as we want people to think we are, uh, shouldn't we engage more in government? And and a good case in point is any time we have an election, and it could be for anything. It could be uh, maybe for a bond issue, you know, that's not really going to get a whole lot of attention, uh, as opposed to, you know, the presidential election, or any election for that matter. And we see the the numbers of voter turnout, and we think to ourselves, well, you know, uh, these numbers are so low, why don't more people get out and vote? Because certainly... And uh, excuse my French here, uh, but certainly a, a lot of people bitch about the problems. But are they actively involved, and are they they doing anything? Would you like to have more? I mean, I think as far as Camden County goes, we do have a lot of people that are active, and you know they come to meetings, and you you know. You, you see and you hear the reactions from these people that are actually there. But then so often we hear about things from people where you, you got to wonder, are these people actually getting out and getting involved, or are they just sitting on the sidelines like it's so easy to do and complain about things or, or what have you? Well, it's still their
10: right. Well, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To complain about whatever they see or misgivings. And, you know, you don't know everybody. There might be somebody that's very... Brave on Facebook, but you know, awkward in real life. I know I was, and it was, it was uh, Phil, the attorney for the city of Camdenton He owns Lake Oasis, uh, that basically challenged me. You know, if if you're gonna sit here and complain so much and criticize, why don't you run for public office?
0: And I said, okay, I will. Nine fifty-six caller. Just a couple of minutes left. Go ahead uh, and make your point, if you would, please. You're on the Daily Show.
6: Well, my point would be that, uh, you know, we can say that all day long about people griping on social media, but I'm going to tell you right now, without the social media and without people raising awareness, we wouldn't be seeing the changes we are in this county. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been multiple times where I myself have just said something on social media and caused... An elected official to have to, for instance, hold a press conference because he was so worried about public opinion. Right. The government, the only tool we have against a government that's out of control, is the court of public opinion. Right. Because they control the courts, but they cannot control the court of a public opinion. Now they try with their PR and their E haw and their BS, but they can't control the truth. And that brings me to another point. You know, this is something that the public absolutely needs to be aware of, and they need to check into it. Our prosecutor has pretty much vacated his position, from what I understand, since the election and not come in.
10: That's what He's I've heard
0: too. Several
6: of his lawyers. He's also got several of his lawyers that work for him that have taken positions in other counties, Miller and Morgan, and they're only coming in. My understanding is once, uh, once a week, things like that, and they're still getting paid. From my understanding, they've been shutting the office down on Fridays. Sometimes they're half a days on Thursdays. Uh, There's just an entire mess. Uh, What I have been told from people on the inside is that there is maybe one or two lawyers carrying the entire weight. Uh, They've canceled jury trials, pretty much completely abdicated their position, and they're still getting paid. That is another example of something that the public would not know unless somebody was to say, hey, this is bullcrap. Why is this going on? Why are they getting paid? As far as I'm concerned, that's theft. That's not right. If you are getting paid to do a job and you're not doing the job, you're stealing. So that is, uh, again, you know, you say people are, are, quote, bitching. But I'll say right now that without the bitching, nobody would know these things are happening because it's all behind closed doors.
0: Right. Thank you for the phone call. We've got about a minute left here. Any final thoughts, James? Love your neighbor love your neighbor. All right. Very good. Well, I appreciate your time in here this morning. And, you know, I think that uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that we have a lot of people with a lot of opinions. I mean, there are people with very strong opinions. I would like to see these people, uh, regardless, get more actively involved in in government on all levels. And that's uh, kind of the point I was trying to make, not going after any particular group or individual, but just saying that we need to hear from more people so that more things – get done and more people can hold uh, these folks accountable for the jobs that they do and that's uh, essentially something that I think everybody uh, could do a little bit more, myself included. It is uh, time to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for the phone calls. Thanks to my